All right, we have another amazing guest, as always, as is on Best Hour of Their Day. We bring the best of the best, and today, Laylee Lederman, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, everybody. It's glad to be here. So, you know, the, the podcast is primarily, we get a lot of CrossFitters, we get a lot of, you know, affiliate owners in the CrossFit world, athletes, etc. But I always like to speak to people in all areas of fitness and health and wellness. And then, of course, nutrition like you, you know, I'm out here in Boulder now. And somehow scrolling through Instagram, you know, you find other people. And I think when I found you it was a couple of weeks ago, I'm a big fan of the UFC, big fan of mixed martial arts. And, you know, you're out in Denver. I don't need to tell you, but we are destroying the world. Yes, Denver yes. is like the Mecca right now. It's of, the time. Yeah. And I mean, a couple of months ago was pretty awesome. I trained with the Easton crew and they're affiliated with the Elevation Fight crew. And there's people like Neil Magny, Alistair Overeem, and of course now Justin Gaethje. But somehow I found you and, and you are a big help to some of these athletes. And I want to hear which ones, but you help them cut weight for their fights. Yes, absolutely. So I work with a lot of, you know, fighters from yeah up to the UFC, you know, down to, to amateurs making their debut to, to make weight and really increase their performance throughout camp. And I've been really blessed to work on some of these amazing camps with these athletes. We just finished up Drew Dober. That was our second full camp together. Um, of course, Dan Hagen, who's fighting this this week, which is super exciting on the road to the, that belt. You know, we've gotten to have some great camps together. Um, Justin Gaethje, as well. So watching these guys rise up to the top has just been, you know, amazing. And it's a fun time for MMA and it's a great time for dinner and happy to be here, you know, in it, doing it. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm, I'm excited. You know, unfortunately for me, I'm getting older. So I look at these guys, I'm like, oh, I want to show up and I want to compete with them. And I'm like, no, you're just going to get your butt whooped hanging with these guys. So, and you work with Sandhagen. I just, is that what you just said? Yes, yeah, I, we didn't work together this camp, but we have done I th three or four camps together um, in the past. And he, you know, he's an amazing athlete. He's he's just incredible to watch. And you know, his every every level at the every fighter at the top level is just so committed to, to the game. Um, so when they're putting that effort in with their nutrition, and we get to do these things together, you know, some really powerful things happen, and um, it's it's pretty amazing to watch. Well, yeah, and and like you just said, these guys are at the really, you know, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to sport. And yeah. it couldn't be more important, their nutrition. I mean, yeah, you want to, you know, work your hands and work your takedowns and all that. But mm -hmm. really, I mean, if anyone is a fan of the UFC and mixed martial arts, you've seen those athletes that didn't take care of their nutrition come out for round two, I mean, or round three, and they're just, you can see it. They just don't have the, the energy. And man, Dover was, a, was an animal in that last yeah. fight. You know, he's an animal in general. He's a perfectionist and he puts 110% every day. I'd say I learn so much from working with somebody that has that kind of a drive. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's really amazing. And, and like you said, that nutrition aspect, you know, the, there's two things. There's nu the nutrition throughout the camp where we can really push performance. Um, that's really something that we work on is, you, you know, some of these athletes are training two to three times a day and they're having to push each time. So we need to make sure that the body's fueled, that they're recovered and that they continue to push through. You know, usually it's an in eight week camp. Um, and, you know, that's super important. And then obviously the weight cut, you know, some of these fighters are going in having 20 plus pound cuts. And if you're not 
rehydrated and reloaded, then you can definitely see that in the fight. You know, they're not able to take the shots to the body. They're not able to take the shots to the head. So, I mean, I think nutrition is, is just as important as, you know, like you said, the striking and the, and the grappling to really put on the performances that they need to. And the, and the hours that go in, you know, they're in the cage for, you know, sometimes only 15 minutes or less and, you know, the, the endless minutes on the mats leading up to that. We need to make sure they're fueled the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I have not told this story many times, but, you know, I've been involved in fitness my whole life. And when I really started to focus on my nutrition was I, I cut a significant amount of weight for a jiu-jitsu tournament. And the day before I cut 15 pounds. And I want to talk to you about the difference between cutting and weight loss. Yeah. But I cut 15 pounds, you know, the way that they, they probably do. But I, I got down to 130. And I'm sure as you're aware, like a percentage of your body weight is important there. So that was ten mm percent, -hmm. and no joke. That took me a good year to recover from the way I, cause I just did it in a dumb fashion, and I learned mm -hmm. so much and improved my metabolism and all that. But for, first thing I want to ask you is, can you explain to the listeners that might be unfamiliar the difference between losing weight and cutting weight? Yeah, definitely. I mean, losing weight is is about keep, keeping the metabolism stimulated. It's about cutting back those calories. I mean, we, we're really getting the true weight, right? 3,500 calories in a pound. We're really minimizing, you know, what the fighter's eating. There, it, there is a little bit of restriction. We also want to make sure, like I said before, that we're fueling the fighter. So there's that delicate balance of restricting the macros while, you know, pushing performance. Um, you know, typically in a, in a fight camp, let's say a fighter has to lose 20 pounds. I want 10 to come off in six weeks, in that six weeks leading up to it. And then we want to cut 10. And really the cut is about, you know, keeping your hormones happy and allowing your body to release the water weight. So the, the cut comes, usually there's a glycogen depletion, which helps release water. Um, we cut back the sodium and then, you know, we lose that that water weight. Um, like you said, a lot of people do, they have, there's just bad habits that have been in gyms for a long time. You know, you see these fighters cut weight and I've had the same issue too. You know, I never really saw myself working on, on weight cuts. I was more focused in the food and nutrition, but I had, I've had a couple bad weight cuts myself and um, I see fighters do it all the time. So when I really, you know, connected with George Lockhart, which we'll get there in a minute um, to learn the right way to do things, um, you know, there is a safe, I'm not going to say there's a safe way to cut, but there are safer ways and things that you can look for and precautions that you can take to make sure, you know, the body can do that as safe as it can be. Yeah. And, and for those listening, you know, we might not have a whole lot of mixed martial artists, but we have people that are competing in powerlifting, Olympic lifting, where you do have to step on the scale, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I'm sure, you know, we'll talk about it, but the scale isn't important for those of you that just want to be healthy, that just want to look your best, feel your best. But if you have a sport where, hey, I have to weigh, you know, 136 or, you know, whatever that is, you, it, it doesn't matter how you look. You need to weigh a certain number on that scale or, or else you're not competing or you're giving up a percentage of your purse. So yeah, let's, let's take your journey. How, how did you start with, hey, I'm just helping people be healthier, eat right, mm -hmm. to I'm going to help you cut weight for this competition? Yeah, you know, it's... Um, there's a long version of it. I'll, I'll give you the short one. Essentially, I was teaching for a lot of years. I had a hist, uh, you know, background in health science, and really, you know, I have a passion for food. I love food. If if you go on my Instagram, you'll see that I just I love to plate it and play with it and play with the macros. And then um, as I was leaving my job, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And I love fighting and I loved food. And then um, I started to see George Lockhart, who is um, 
just a top nutritionist, you know, weight cut specialist. He's worked with Conor McGregor, BC, pretty much any champ out there, you know, him and his team are working with. And I had, um, you know, the opportunity to, to go out and learn from him and work from him with a couple of UFC events and, you know, kind of network and really learn the science there. And then to apply it to, you know, what I was already doing um, with, I had a meal prep company at the time. I was a month into it and then really connected with these guys to sort of delay it over. Um, you know, I was just able to, to kind of bring that back to Denver, which has been really special. Cause as you mentioned before, there's, there's so many gyms and there's so many great athletes out here. Um, and I guess I didn't, I didn't see myself working with weight cuts until I saw the need and we saw the difference it was making with the athletes. And I think that got really addicting. I was working with students for so long. And so to kind of have that shift from trying to motivate a student to working with a fighter who's so motivated and they're getting these amazing results. And we were just having best camp after best camp after best camp that, you know, it just kind of evolved out of that need and out of the success we were having well it must be a different type of reward you know you help you, you work with a normal person who's like I want to be healthy and there's really no end yeah. right it's like cool you're healthy yeah. now do this for the rest of your life and obviously right. the fighters want to be healthy but it must be nice and, and be rewarding to be like hey you stepped on the scale and you're feeling great the next night yes yeah it's it's the most reward. I mean, it's just, I, it's my way of giving back. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the sport. And so to see the fighters put in the work that they do, it's a work ethic unmatched, I'd say, you know, to anything else. I've worked with other athletes. I've worked with the fitness population and, and the drive there. And so to have that day where they get to step on the scale, we reload, they're feeling their best. I mean, it truly is, um, you know, my favorite part of my job and, you know, why I keep working with these athletes. How stressed out are you watching the fights? Dude, oh, I'm not, I'm stressed out when they're going to weigh in. That whole, the whole week of weight cuts, I'd, I'd say I'm the most stressed out, but when they step on the scale, my job's done. I have every confidence in my fighters that they're gonna go out there and smash because I see what they do the whole camp. You know, and like we said, we're talking about Justin Gaethje, Drew Dober, Corey Sandhagen, and. I mean, their work speaks for themselves. They're the best of the best. So, um, no, I just get excited to watch them fight. But when you're watching them in the, in the cage, are you looking for signs that their their energy is there? Like you did it? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, just making sure that you know that they went out there being their best there's also the mental component of it too um for sure so i definitely i mean that's one thing that i i do is i take very rigorous notes we keep track and we data track on everything so i definitely you know i'm very aware of that on, on fight night and you know we're constantly making improvements you know to, to each and every camp yeah i mean there's only so much you can do right it doesn't matter how well your weight cut goes it's like Tyson says, right? Like everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. But yeah. you know, you can you can still kind of see how they're breathing, see how they go back to their corner in between rounds. And I'm sure it's it, it must feel good for you to to feel like you played an integral role in in the success of these guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I think I I'm honored to be a small, small part of the journey, but I think the reality is it's, it is, it is a big aspect. And, you know, to be honest, there's been performances where I think there are things that we could have done better. So there's definitely that reflection piece where, yeah, it's like, 
all right, we need to do this. And um, especially with the reloads, there's been some things. So after a fighter weighs in, we calculate how much sodium was lost, how much glycogen was lost, and we want to put everything right back in. Um, and if you don't do that successfully, um, it'll make you sick. And so I have had that happen and that be, you know, a nightmare. And then we're having to, you know, recuperate. So we make sure that that fighter is again, like we want them in their perfect, perfect, uh, you know, preparedness to walk into the cage. So how do you, um, how do you convince a fighter who's just went through this eight week camp, cut, you know, 10, say 10 to 15 to 20 pounds, depending on their size the night before to weigh in and then not go crazy? Yes. So I always remind people that it's not the nutrition isn't over until you've won the fight or until the fight's over. Um, you know, and then I expect you to go eat whatever you want and enjoy every minute of it. And then maybe we'll connect in two weeks and get you back on something. Um, but yeah, we, and that's where the carbohydrates come in. So we, you know, really measure fight week, how much, how many carbohydrates were lost in that cut and we systematically put them back in. So every two to three hours, you're eating X amount of carbohydrates. Um, you know, we want quick, simple carbs, you know, potatoes, but you know, most fighters haven't had potatoes in six weeks. So, you know, potatoes is something to look forward to, rice, sushi. Um, but yeah, the, you really don't, you want to stay away from gorging yourself. You want to stay away from any, you know, alcohol. I've had that issue with amateurs where they want to go out and have a drink afterwards. And you just, you really can't. Your body's still re recuperating and you need that 24 hours. You know, hopefully you have 24 hours before you're walking in the cage um, to really make sure that, you know, it, it's perfect. And, and, you know, my goal is always like when you step on the scale right before you walk into the cage, your weight should be back up to your cut weight. So if we started the camp at you know, 180 pounds, we got you down to 170 and you had to cut to 155. You should be 170 when you walk into that cage and you punch somebody in the face. We want all that power behind it. Oh yeah, you can see when some of these guys fill back up overnight. Yes. Um, yeah. A fighter that I see on like the, if you watch the UFC embedded type shows, you know, like Max Holloway, for example, always talks about how he has cupcakes and you see him in candy. Do any of the guys you work with have specific foods that they really look forward to post-fight? Um, I know with Drew's camp, when I went over the last day before he flew out, he was, uh, he had a whole list of, you know, restaurants and things that he was going to eat, but knowing that that was going to come after. Um, but no, to be honest, I think that most people are, if they're investing in their nutrition and we're working together, they're really not too focused on, on that side of it. Um, they're more focused on the performance and more focused on, on the weight. And what I found too is that when people dedicate eight weeks to this program, they're feeling their best. They're usually not going after all the sweets. They're really wanting water <laughs> after the weight cut and just a little bit of time to decompress is kind of what I found more the, um, you know, what fighters are looking for. You mentioned, you know, making sure they get the right balance of everything post weigh-in. When I watch some of these shows, they have a company called Trifecta, and yes. they're and they're helping them. And I always find it strange that they the fighters are using a company that they might not have been working with throughout the camp. So, are you giving these guys the information that someone like Drew needs? You know, as far as the sodium, the carbs, and all of that, or are we just seeing it on YouTube because they're sponsoring and, and really he's going out and fueling himself? 
Yeah, it really varies. And to be honest, that's where the, the Lockhart team comes in. So George Lockhart, Dan Leith, they have a whole team of people that are out at these events um, that are getting fighters on weight. They're cooking for them week of. They're having all the reload shakes. You know, they're really taking, you know, that fight week out of the fighter's hands and, you know, making sure everything goes smooth on site. So it's, it's an amazing service. Um, you know, Trifecta does they do custom food and they have that option. Um, but I don't know if, I honestly don't know if it's at that same level, but I have had fighters that I've worked with that I just, you know, I, I work remotely and give them the information and they can either, you know, take that to a restaurant or take that to trifecta and really kind of figure out the food, you know, on their own. But most people, you know, go through the Lockhart team on site. Yeah. I just see that on these shows and I'm like, huh, I don't know that I would trust just some company to fuel me when you're working with someone like you, you want it to be yeah. so dialed in. I've, I've definitely heard that same that same thing. You know, some people don't. And and fight week, I, f I found that a lot of fighters want that consistency. They want somebody they know, they trust. They don't want to change things up last minute. But it, I mean, there's that that sliding scale. You know, some people don't really care, and then other people, it's like they cannot. You know, change anything for fight week. Otherwise, it's you know maybe causes anxiety or something leading up to it but it's definitely a good option i'm glad that ufc has somebody there to provide food we all know even traveling how hard it is you know no sodium food meeting your macros reloading i mean it's a difficult and kind of intricate task at hand so if at least there's that option for fighters because before i mean i think it was just kind of a scramble for fighters to get what they need week of i've worked with hundreds or thousands of people probably over the years with nutrition but you know, what I would call normal people, right? Not professional athletes. And there's a fine balance between listening to them and understanding you're truly hungry and mm -hmm. you think you're hungry and you want a treat. Yeah. Is that different working with professional athletes? Are they basically like, tell me what to do, I'll do it and follow it perfectly? Or are they just as much of a pain as, you know, Karen is? Um, I would say, yeah, there's definitely hungry fighters. There's, they're definitely hungry. And that's something that we have to account for as well. I try to give, you know, even female fighters around their cycle, like I'm giving you more fat. I'm trying to make, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll cook for fighters and do everything custom. So for those people, I'm making sure like you have everything that you need to really, cause there is that mental component. You can't just expect people to do it hundred percent without giving them a little throughout the way. So there might be some chocolate covered almonds or something with high fat where, you know, we really just want to make it realistic so people can do it. But then there is that level where it's like, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah. You can't eat. Like there's just, you can't do that. And you're going to have to wait until after the fight. Um, so there, there is that balance. There are those cravings. There are those times where I have to be like, get that phone call. I'm, I'm so hungry. Yeah. Drink some water. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. It kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, that, but if the people that are sticking to the plan, I will say that the success rate, if you're sticking to the plan is a hundred percent. So I, there, and then I was, I was in the beginning, I was working with a lot of fitness people and there were just too many people who who want those treats, who want those things, and you're just not gonna get the same results for sure. So I always remind people of that. Is, is it easier for them to buy in though when they've had such a successful fight? Like, you know, next time Drew fights, is it easier for him to just be like, tell me what to do because it's worked? I think so, yeah, there's definitely that level of trust. Um, I really try to, you know, I coach fighters and work with fighters and have that rapport and relationship with them. Like I said, we're tracking everything. So I know everything that a fighter's eaten all throughout camp and, and how they responded to it. Um, and for somebody who, you know, that I just started working with, the, the, 
we track the numbers so they can see them. There's so much emotion that goes into the into the fight camp that you might not even realize how well your weight is right now, like how good your lean body mass is and your muscle mass percentage. So to see those numbers and to say, you know, hey, you're three weeks out and this is you're above where we projected you to be, you know, is is I think you you build that trust uh, and relationship and rapport, and I've definitely seen that, um, you know, throughout. And like I said, my goal is always your best camp. So if we had a good camp together, the next one's going to be even better, um, you know, because we're really studying studying everything every step of the way. And then to call on those things too, you know, this camp, you know, there was a lot of things that changed in Drew's camp. Um, so we really had to look back at, at his past camp and say, you know, we're meeting these same numbers, we're exceeding in these areas, like all is well, you know, there's, you know. Just that, like I said, that that trust and rapport is important. And and have you worked with fighters from camp to camp? You know, with with a normal person, your goal is obviously to improve metabolism, get them to be able to eat more while lose weight. Have you worked with a fighter from one camp to the next and actually be able to eat more while still cutting weight? Yes. So this is my passion project right now is working with female fighters. Um, I think there's a huge need for it. Women are coming up in the sport and there's so many women that are fighting against their hormones. Um, and so I find that hormone regulation in female fight camps is, is so important. And that's something that I really, after working with, you know, I really started working with a lot of females in the beginning and it was every camp, it was almost a fight to get this weight off. And so I found you know, just through my own research, through my own experiences with females, we've really dialed in this, this beautiful program that really works with hormones throughout camps. And so these females that I have been working with, um, Gemma Breslin, who fights at a Genesis training center, we've had um, four, four camps together and her last one was amazing. She was eating so much more and her energy was so much higher and the weight was just falling off. Whereas before we were really pushing for every pound um, and that was just through balancing the hormones um, and making sure that as a female that we're really working with with the body and with the metabolism. And, you know, thankfully, like I said, through the multiple camps, I really got to see how her body reacts to every food. You know, I see how she reacts to complex carbohydrates and I see how she reacts to different kinds of proteins and different levels of fat. Um, and so to really dial that in and then look at, you know, I do cycle tracking with all of my female athletes. So we know where your hormones are. We're feeding you based on your hormones. We know your training schedule. Um, and so, yeah, you can eat more, you can train harder, um, you're definitely getting those results. Um, and I think, too, getting used to what my expectations are, too. You know, some of these fighters, like you said, like they might have a, a cheat meal over here and I might not know about it or a craving or, oh, you know, I said have 10, I'm a little bit specific, you know, so eat 10 almonds and you have 20 and, you know, so the results aren't there, but you got close to your goal, like next camp you're really going to want to invest in it and make sure that it, it's 100%. So you're going to kind of take those extra steps. Um, and I've definitely found that throughout camps when I do multiple is that people tend to commit a little bit more because mm -hmm. like I said, you're putting in the work, the results are there. Um, and we want it to be perfect. How much harder is it for a female to do the final two to three days yeah. of cutting? It's, like, you know, the, the, the sodium depletion water weight, how much harder is that for you guys? Um, it's definitely, it's definitely harder. I mean, you'll see females going for cuts and they come out, you know, the same, same amount of time as a, as a male fighter, let's say if they're in the sauna or in the tub, um, and they might get one, one and a half pounds off after a bath, whereas a, you know, male might get four to five. So it's, it's sad. We definitely have a, a disadvantage there. Um, but I will say, you know, as we progress, as we kind of figure out the, 
the female body a little bit more, um, that we're able to have more successful cuts for sure. Especially, like I said, with those, those hormone balancing. I, females, a lot of times, will start their cycle just because of the stimulus and the stress of the cut, and then their body's holding on to everything. So we really have to, we have tricks to work around all those, those things, and um, it, it's definitely um, helpful, and I've seen most of my fighters will go down a weight class. So a lot of my female fighters are not able to go down to lower weight classes because they're able to make weight um, a lot more easily and with a lot less stress on the body. Right. I mean, something that men don't have to think about is mm-hmm. say your fight is Saturday and you, you know, you're getting your cycle around, then you could be holding an additional three or four pounds. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to obviously time your cycle and know when it's coming to know what you need to cut to make weight. Yeah, definitely. And how we approach fight week is totally different um, when it comes to, you know, usually we do a water load. So you drink the same amount of water as you weigh. Like you really don't want to do that with a female fighter who's already holding on to all the extra water that they possibly have. Um, And that's the thing I think like females coming up in this male dominated sport, it's like we almost want to ignore these hormones. We don't, we don't want to deal with them. It's a pain in the ass. It's not, it's, you know, a drawback, you know, to the, to performance um, but really you know my my goal and why I call it my passion project is to really change that narrative and to get the word out to more females that you know yes we have this this cycle I just had a baby I know how amazing it is it's a gift that we get to have let's you know work with our bodies and, and really prime your body for this camp and um, I'm really trying to get that word out there just to work with more more females and for them to really experience the the difference is important to me yeah I mean there's the infamous video of cyborg cutting weight where she's just crying in a tub and and you just you got to feel I mean it's one of those things where you don't want to watch a woman go through go Mm -hmm. through it but hey they're warriors and you know tougher than tougher than most men has has anyone lied to you about their food on their way to their cut oh yeah oh yes for sure (laughs) I'll get a little huge no I'm just kidding uh Yes, people have definitely lied, and uh, but that that's that's on them. Like you're paying for my service, and if you're lying to me, you're lying to yourself. Like we're just not going to make weight, and that's that's sad and it's unfortunate. Um, I've had people who've done the whole camp, and then they like don't want to do the cut, and you know there's not too much I can do. I used to take that super personally, um, but then I just realized that there is an emotional part of it. There is, you know, there is hunger, and sometimes that you know, overrides your drive of the performance and all those things. So that, that is human nature. Um, but it's definitely sad to see when you've got such a good camp and so many things that, you know, there's definitely, we want that honesty and I want the real numbers and we want to know what you're actually eating so we can get, get that output and make those adjustments. I mean, food is emotional. There's no doubt about that. Um, but when it comes to, you know, when you're at trying to, you know, be the best fighter you can be, you have to be honest with yourself about what you're eating and, um, that's something I start from the beginning now is I just have, you know, fighters just start tracking their eating, just start sending it to me. Even clients I'm not working with, I'll just have them continue to send that. So then they can start being honest with themselves and be honest with me. And we're in that routine of really communicating, you know, what you're eating, why you're making those choices, you know, so we can, you know, kind of improve that process sometimes. What's the worst lie? Like where someone's like, no, I've been good. And you're like, you're 12 pounds heavier. Come yeah. on. What's, no, that's, what's the that's wor- it. Yeah, that's the, I've been eating everything perfectly. And yeah, but it's math. So that's, that's my favorite <laughs> part is like, I always know because it's math. Like I'm running the numbers. So I know exactly how many calories you should be eating. I know exactly how, at this point, usually, right. I know exactly how your body should be responding. Um, and 
yeah, there's sometimes a lot of, of either you're not measuring or, you know, you're not being honest, but I get a lot of like, oh, this isn't working. I don't know why the scale's not moving. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, we can look at these things. Sometimes it is metabolism that's stalled out and there, there are things, but there's a lot of little things that we're doing throughout the camp to make sure those things don't happen. So it's a very rare occasion where that's, you know, actually the science versus, you know, that extra, you know, food you've, <laughs> you've been eating. Yeah. Versus, <laughs> no, you had Chipotle for dinner last night. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Coach Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, said at one point, he's like, I can look at you and tell you how you eat. So it's always interesting. Yeah. You know, it's one of the first things you ask, well, how do you eat? And everybody's, well, I eat good. I eat well. I eat healthy. And I'm like, no, you don't. I'm looking like your body would reflect that. So, yeah. I mean, and obviously, probably fighters look good all the time. This is very different, but your normal person just, you know, they're, they're lying to themselves or they're lying to you. And, and he used to say, I'm not asking to know how you actually eat. I'm asking to find out if you're going to lie to me during this journey. Yes. Yeah. That's, it's so important. And it is so true. I think, uh, yeah, there's a, I think there's an, like I said before, there's an emotional aspect and some people, I don't know if it's that they're not aware of what they're eating or they're in denial a lot of times I do realize a lot of people aren't eating enough throughout the day and then they like eat so much at night or they're trying to make up these calories or they're having to reach for something a little bit quicker and I think awareness of what you're eating is is definitely the first step but it's it's kind of to be honest the reason one of the reasons why I moved away more from that fitness population is because there was a lot of follow-up and there was a lot of ghosting I had a lot of people not <laughs> answering my phone calls now because I want to know what you're eating and they don't want to talk about it so or this is one of my favorite ones uh I'm not losing the weight I'm following everything you know I was like can you please write down what you're eating it was like cookies for breakfast you know a gas station sandwich for lunch. I was like, that's not it though. That's not, I'm like, what does your plan say? It says two eggs for breakfast, a half cup of fruit. Like that's, you're not doing it. So that is kind of funny, but it's also like, you know, at, I, I want to work with people who are on that level of like, when I say two eggs and two pieces of turkey bacon, like that's what you're going to eat. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think recently, especially I've seen it with the whole keto lifestyle. Everybody's like, I'm going to do keto. Yeah. I'm going to do keto. And I think when someone tells me that, they're not saying I want to be in ketosis. What they're really saying to me is, no, this way seems a lot easier. Yes. Like yeah. I can just cut out carbs and I lose weight. And like, no, that's not how it works. I think they're just searching for a shortcut and same, same that you're witnessing and, you know, kudos to you for being able to work with professionals. Cause I'm sure they're a lot easier to deal with than the normal human being. What is the biggest weight cut you've been a part of? Um, I mean, Drew Dober cuts 30 pounds. So, so he's definitely, you, he gets down to 155 or 56, yes. right? Because yes. he gets a pound right for now. Who knows? Soon he might have to make championship weight. But so he starts at about 186. He starts about, about one, between 183 and 185. Um, but I will say it's very common. I would say 25 pounds is about the average of what people come to me with, even females. Um, you know, my fiance himself cut 28 pounds his last fight. So I get a lot of, I say Drew's the highest, but, and at the highest level, but I, a lot of people are cutting, you know, significant amount of weight, um, you know, even early on in, in their careers. I had one fighter who did everything beautifully. I mean, we're talking about the people who don't follow it. He, he did everything so perfectly and had this amazing cut. He cut down to 140. He'd reached out to me, I think 
I want to say three weeks, he was fighting in 21 days, three weeks before the fight, he had 24 pounds to cut. And then, so we make weight, it was beautiful. And then he was like, I've never made that weight before. I was like, what? I didn't even, I would have been panicking so much more had I known like you've never made 145 in your life and, um, and you just did it in three weeks. So, I mean, and I've had, you know, like I said, the females that that'll do that too, man, they'll cut 25 pounds and just on short notice. Um, it's, it's a brutal process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for those listening that have no idea about weight cutting, I mean, it's really the norm. And, and, and for me, what's really eye opening is, you know, I walk around, I'm probably about 142, 143, but I'm five, three. So when I see like Sanhagen, he's like mm-hmm. five, nine, five, 10, yeah. you know, fighting at 135. And, you know, you, you realize, hey, that's not their normal weight, but they really mm-hmm. put their bodies through it to, to make that. And, and 30 pounds with, you know, 15 to 20 of that being clean eating and, and doing it right. And then the last few, what's on the, on the flip side of that, what's the biggest gain? What's, what's the most you've seen, like, you know, somebody make weight and then the next day or a week later, how much have they gained? Honestly, you know, my fiance, Mike, he's an amateur Muay Thai. And I think just because I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm seeing it, um, he, you know, he usually does like a 25 pound cut, which I don't always advise, um, but he, he does it anyways. Um, but he'll be right back up to weight, you know, the, when he walks in the cage. So starting the camp at 175, you know, he got down to 140. 148, if I remember off the top of my head, and then was back up at 175 when he went to go fight the next day. Um, and you said wild. this is your fiance? <laughs> yes, yeah, my fiance. Do you coach him? I, I, funny enough, I have done one camp with him, and he's had three cuts. I was pregnant during the other ones, and I was had so many fighters um, during his camps that I was like, I can't give to you. I can't do it right now. I have, you know, seven fighters right now that are going out and I have to give them 110%. So he got pushed on the back burner. Um, so that we got to do a fight together in December and it was, it was beautiful and went how it should. And there was no fighting for that, those last pounds. And I was very grateful that I got to, to do that with him because I felt like a jerk for uh, not helping him out those other times. <laughs> well, if, if you want to go from fiance to wife, my recommendation would be stop coaching him. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he's still, honestly, like he's, he's, his weight is still the lowest it's ever been. That's probably why I got a fat rock on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you want him to win a little bit more than that. You want that win bonus coming in every time. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's my strength and conditioning coach. So we definitely have that working relationship where we're both constantly pushing each other. Definitely setting firm boundaries there. You guys are the rarity then in the fitness world where it's okay to coach your significant other. I learned a long time ago, do not coach your girlfriend, your your fiance, or your wife. But yeah, have you seen have you seen uh, nightmares from that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> unnecessary fights, and then the the worst will be you know somebody else will give my wife a, a cue or something with CrossFit. She'll be like, "That's great," and I'm like, "I've told you that a hundred <laughs> times, yeah. But, you, yeah. but you don't want to listen." It's always, it's always different for sure. I'm sure I give, I'm sure we give each other a little bit of that too. We can't, we cannot spar or grapple together because that just gets heated really, really fast. So there is that. (laughs) So last question is how much has, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now, the pandemic impacted some of these cuts? Was it, was it harder for the guys and girls to, to make weight with whether it's restaurants or grocery stores or the travel? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I was pretty panicked when it first 
hit because there was talks about food availability. And that's, you know, half of my job is making sure that fighters have exactly what they need to eat. Um, you know, there's thankfully there's a lot of, there was a lot of options and there still was at the store, but there was a lot of times I, so I always plan everything out before I go to the store, right? We're looking at macros, we're looking at recipes, how we want everything, the full day, the full week, everything's broken down. And I have a really specific list. Well, when the pandemic hit, it was like, I went to the store and I just bought what I could get, you know, what proteins I could get, what produce I could get, and then had to come home and kind of, you know, almost work backwards, backwards from that. So, that, I mean, that was definitely, you know, an added hurdle. And then with fights being changed, I mean, I was, I, I was probably working with 12 fighters when the pandemic hit and everyone lost their fights, you know, so really just coaching during that pandemic. And then the fighters that I still were working with, you know, the fight dates weren't announced yet. The locations weren't announced yet. And um, like we said, already eight weeks of everything having to be perfect, but and then having to make adjustments. I think it was a really good lesson in being adaptable and, you know, really sticking. I think that's where, you know, the coaching comes through is where we can really work together um, to, to overcome those things. And we're glad to be able to do that. And um, it looks like they're starting to book more fights. So hopefully, you know, things will start to go back to normal. It looks like food supply is still, you know, alive and well in stores. And um, yeah, that was definitely an interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's been great. I mean, you know, during this time, there's not much to do. And it's been a few weeks ago when they had like three, three cards in 10 days this past weekend, this yeah. coming weekend, you got Amanda Nunes fighting. So it, it's exciting for me just to be able to kick back and, and watch it. Um, do you have any fighters that are potentially going to fight on Fight Island? Um, I'm, I haven't heard any announced yet. Um, I'm sure that there will be, and I would very much love to be out there on Fight Island, uh, seeing all, all that go down. I mean, it's, it's super exciting. And like you said, it's just an exciting time for the sport. The cards that they're putting out have been awesome. I love that Woodley card this week. I know Woodley kind of got, well, yeah, uh, stagnant out there. Um, but every other fight was just beautiful. I mean, the grappling that was out there this weekend. So definitely exciting time for, for fights and look forward to those ones on Fight Island. It looks like they're at the Apex now, which has been also been an awesome, you know, facility for the, for these athletes to fight at. I love how adaptable everyone's had to be and grateful for, to Dana White for really pushing. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's been, you know, I don't even, you know, Dana White's pushing for these fights to reopen and it's like, there's so many people that are affected, the coaches, you know, my, my livelihood is, is affected on whether these, these fights go through or not, and whether these promotions are running fights. So just definitely grateful that they're, they're out there and doing the work that needs to be done and, and just staying on that grind. It's cool. Yeah. Pretty impressive that dude, Dana White, really yeah. with everything he's done. Well, speaking of though, this weekend, this will go up probably a day or two before later in the week. Who do you think is going to win the, the female championship fight this weekend Nunes or oh, Spencer I, mean, I think Amanda Nunes is, is the greatest of all time I will say I've always been a fan of, fan of her I didn't think she could beat Ronda she beat Ronda I didn't think she could beat Cyborg she beat Cyborg so now I think she's unstoppable I'm gonna you know I want to watch her go out there and win again for sure so I was looking at her though they had the countdown came up like last night and I was looking at her and it's like at 145 she has some weight on her I know so do you look at someone yeah. like that and say like damn I wish I can work because you can get her to be 45, 35, and 25. Dude, yes. I I am watching all those female fights. I want, yeah, there's, I make lists in my phone. I make lists of who I want. It's like my vision board of who I want to work with, you know, especially obviously fighters that miss weight. I'm thinking about and want to reach out to them. Um, but yeah, you see those, those fighters. And like you said, I, I can tell how you're eating just by looking at you sometimes. And um, so, so looking at those fighters and I just know the power of what, you know, the power of what I'm doing and what that could add. So yeah, I definitely look at that and 
uh, that would and, be a dream client. <laughs> and you can see, I mean, I don't know if it's exactly right, but the females that wear like more of the sports bras versus the ones that wear the full tank. And you're like, you're, you're, you're doing that to cover up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you can tell, like, even for the weight cuts, you know, you, females get more bloated during their cuts. If they have a higher body fat percentage, you can tell they're bloated. So, you know, I can usually tell right away, like, if they've had a good cut or not. But, I mean, and well, stepping on the scale, too. There's been some females that have been stepping on and shaking and those obvious things. But, yeah, like you said, that, that physical appearance um, definitely gives indicators of how the camp went and um, try to use that information to, you know, be a part of that, that journey and make it even better for them. Well, wait, so you, you mentioned this, your dream board. Let's put it out in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the three females and three males? Maybe they're listening. Who knows? That you'd yeah. really like to work with. Dude, oh, man. I don't know. I mean, Gaethje's fight's coming up. He's not, he's not, a, big, he's not a big weight cut guy. Um, you know, I have gotten to work with him in the past. That, that's a dream fight for me right there. I mean, obviously, against he's from Khabib, Denver. Against Khabib, right? I'm a, I'm a huge Against Khabib. Biggest fight of all time. I mean, what he did against Tony Ferguson was the most beautiful fight I've ever seen in my life. I've been a fan of him for years, you know, watched him come up in World Series of Fighting. So to be any part of that that journey, definitely. Um, I don't know if I could even, I mean, obviously, if we're talking vision board, I would love to work with fighters like Amanda Nunez. Um, I can't even... No, I, sh I should know. I, I do have a list. I'm not going to read off the names. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, pretty much anybody, any fighter that wants to invest in having their best camp, then I really want to work with them. And that's always what I tell people too. People, you know, if I reach out to people and they're not interested, it's that's never a, a bad thing. It's always just like, I I want to be of, of service to you and I want you to have your best camp. And if you invest in that, we're going to do this together. And if that's not really part of the investment, then then I, I don't really have a role here. So I will say, I think if they're willing to invest, then I'm willing to invest and we can make beautiful things happen. So yeah. And I mean, I, I like what you said. I always, it's the same way I am with the podcast. My, my partner, Fern, is always like, you're the guy that asks. Because I'll just reach out. I'm like, what's the worst they say? No? All right. Yeah. We'll just keep going about what we're doing. So last question. And I say this a lot. But just on fights, as someone that enjoys fights like I do, what did you think about the Anthony Smith fight? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard, right? Because we're out in Denver and in Factory X is a big team out here. And I, I love I love that team. And there's so many good athletes. And Mark Montoya does so many amazing things. Um, I think somebody should have stopped that fight. I, was, I had to leave. I had to leave. I get like emotional, but I had to leave during the, the beginning of the fourth round because I knew that I was still going to go to five. And um, just to see what I, I think somebody should have stopped it. You can put it on the coaches. You can put it on the ref. You can put it on whomever. But there were let's say 20 guys in that room watching this happen. And I mean, it's our responsibility to protect, to protect our fighters. It, it really is. So that's, it was definitely hard to watch. And um, Anthony Smith went out and he was like, oh, well, they shouldn't have, you know, his statement was that, you know, it shouldn't be controversial. He didn't want his, his coaches to stop it, but it almost sounded like he was like a one man show. He was like, I go out there like to die on my shield. It's not really how fighters should ever be. This is a sport about entertainment. It's not about life or death. And I think that he took way too much damage in that fight. It was hard to watch for sure. That was the first fight of really, like, I didn't stop watching it, but I was like distracting myself because I couldn't just focus on my, I was watching on my iPad. You know, I was yeah. like, and my, my wife doesn't watch it with me. And she was like, how are the fights? I was like, that was a bad fight to watch. So, yeah, it was. It was, and, and I, I made this comment and some people didn't agree with me, but like we said, right now is a big time for MMA. It's a big time for Denver. Um, there's a lot of eyes on the sport, having it being 
be an only um, only live sport right now. And I don't think I think you, the MMA is trying to prove itself as you know worthy you know competitive sport. And when you see massacres like that, you know he didn't return a shot from round two on. I mean he just laid there handing the ref his teeth. That was I think kind of bad for the sport and really unfortunate for for Anthony Smith. Um, but yeah, and hats off to Toshiro. I mean, he he looked great. He looked great. I did not expect that out of him. And I will say, like, I don't want, you know, that call to to over, you know, ride what he did or overlook what he did because he looked great out there. Yeah, I just like Anthony as a human being. From what I see, yeah. I don't know him. But, you know, from what I see, so it was, like, upsetting to see someone you, you want to win get beat up so bad. But then also yeah. just the, the, the beating. But, hey, I think sometimes – you know, I've competed in wrestling and competed in jiu-jitsu my entire life. And I think sometimes I project how I'm handling it on these fighters mm-hmm. and you forget that they're a level above, you yeah. know, and, and they're warriors. It's, that is so true. And the projecting thing, I, you know, I, like I said, I, my daughter's going to be one. I'm like, that was the whole, what I kept saying the whole time, like, he's like got three kids. He's got three kids. I was looking at it from a parent perspective. You know, and, and like you said, when you love a fighter, you never want to see them go out there and take a loss. You know, he did say he is okay, and I guess that, that's all we can hope for. Hopefully there's no long-term damage. Um, I mean, Joanna coming out of her fight looking like she, she did, you know. Yeah. Talk about long-term damage. I just, yeah, I mean, they're going to come out like that. They're, they're, in, they're at war, and they're willing to put their life on the line. And, um, you know, I think there's something to commend about that, too. That was equally hard. I mean, she looked like an alien after. Yeah, that my fight. stream, my stream cut out that night. Uh, I will say I was streaming the fight, but yeah, I missed the whole Zhang uh, Yuana fight, which was so sad because <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I heard it was a great one. I went back and watched it. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of damage. Well, yeah. it's been great chatting to you. For for those that have that have listened and, and want to find out more about you, can you can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Yes, definitely. So I, I'm mostly on Instagram. That's kind of where I, where I post everything. Um, it's at, at Real Food Denver. There's a couple underscores between Real Food and Denver. Um, I do work with people remotely. So, you know, the coaching that I do extends, you know, as far as the internet will. <laughs> um, so I am local here in Denver and do work with people long term. And then my link to my website is up on my, my page, my cell phone number. You know, if, if you are interested or have any questions, I'm, I'm obviously happy to to talk and, and love getting the word out about what we're doing. Yeah, and it's important for those listening, like we said, you know, whether it's Olympic lifting, power lifting, or, you know, some sort of uh, combat sport, if you're looking to cut weight, there you go. Real food Denver underscore real underscore food underscore Denver. And <laughs> yes, that'll, right? Just keep typing them in, it'll come up. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. You, you'll, you'll find lately, but it's really been fun talking, you know, hoping once this all passes, um, we're moving to Arvada, so we'll be a little closer to Denver. And we'll uh, definitely need to to get together and pick your brain even more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for this platform. And and it was great talking to you. And uh, hopefully we can connect soon. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up best hour of their day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.